Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into my top 10 new February films in today's episode. What's this? What's this? The simply sensational standing ovation of Royal Dalton Musical. What is this? What is this? So, first of all, first of all, uh, this episode was pushed back a day, um, partly due to just having a lot to do and, and trying to get everything ready and finished yesterday. Uh, just got a little got a little away from me. Uh, but the other thing is, uh, I have developed cold sores, and so uh, it's fairly uncomfortable uh, if you've never had them. Uh, they don't affect my voice. Uh, the, Presumably, I sound very much the same as I normally do, but <clears throat> because of the sensation and the uh, discomfort, I'm going to uh, moving my mouth a lot is is not fun. Uh, so this will be a relatively quick episode. Um, unfortunately, I will try to breeze through uh, the things a little more expediently than I normally do in an episode like this. So that's a warning, or that's a caution. Uh, for what's to come, uh, and now let's let's jump right in uh, with February's top ten new films. Number ten. I saw February fourteenth, twenty twenty. It is one hundred and thirty-seven minutes long. Nineteen fifty-eight. My summary: After leaving a mental institution, a woman battles for her sanity. I gave this a seventy-two. It has no score on Rotten Tomatoes, and it is called Home Before Dark, directed by Mervyn Leroy, starring Gene Simmons, Dan O'Herlihy, Rhonda Fleming, Ephraim Zimbalis Jr., Mabel Albertson, and Stephen Dunn, among others. And Letterboxd is also being a little touchy uh, with its links right now. Uh, Mervyn Leroy is a director I like. He directed The Wizard of Oz, uh, among a bunch of other things uh, that I've liked, and then some misses as well. Uh, Home Before Dark definitely lands on the positive side. I think Gene Simmons is wonderful. I really, really like her. And uh, this is kind of a... I mean, it's kind of a gaslighting situation. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't... I don't think reach as many... It's not quite as effective as Gaslight, but... In the sense of this is a woman, who, you know, who the audience recognizes as sane, uh, but is having a lot of uh, interactions and, and experiences that f make everyone else think that she may or may not be sane. And, and you know, having been institutionalized is not helpful in that regard. And everything kind of, you know, there's a lot of just question marks and, and pieces uh, throughout the film that you kind of have to fill in the blanks for uh, until the end when you kind of figure when it, when the movie puts it all together for you it's also very long i think it could have served being you know like 15 20 30 minutes shorter but i think it's effective for what it does uh does you know compared to say the invisible man which is out now uh it it hits a lot of the same notes as that does i liked home for dark and i love gene simmons in it and that's my number 10 Number nine 
is a foreign language film that I saw February 5th. It is 107 minutes long. It is a 2019 film. My summary, a boy with a criminal record stumbles into the position of a priest. I gave this a 72. It has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, last I looked. And it is called Corpus Christi, directed by Jean Comasa, starring Bartaz Balenia, Alexandra Konisha, and Eliza Rassemble, uh, among others, if I'm pronouncing those correctly. And this was a a Best Foreign Language Film nominee. It was one of the last, I think it was the last feature film. No, uh, it was the last narrative feature film I I caught up with uh, for the Oscars. And uh, it's pretty good, actually. It, you know, I wouldn't put it in the same tier as, say, Parasite, but Corpus Christi has a lot of good stuff to it. Um, As I said, Daniel is a young kid, quote-unquote young kid, he's 20, who... Uh, just kind of steps in as a as a priest at this small town, and uh, he transforms a lot of their lives in a lot of different ways. And of course, in any movie like this, his past catches up to him, and uh, drama ensues. But uh, I think Corpus Christi and Jan Kamasa uh, really figured out a way to create a compelling character in Daniel and uh, you really kind of feel yourself pulled along in his journey slowly and, and surely and uh, there's some some thematic elements of the film that, that came, became a little muddled for me um, uh, especially com- uh, you know with relation to its ending and how Daniel as a convicted felon um tries to rewrite his life as a priest and what the movie's really saying about those sorts of things and and whether or not you know they the movie forgives him for what he did or if he's a changed person or so on and so forth and the movie poses a lot of those types of questions i just don't think the movie ever really answers them uh and so uh, i think that's a little bit of an issue but it's a it's a really entertaining movie and uh one that is fun fun enough uh, so my number nine, Corpus Christi, for 2019. My number eight is a short film, the only one on this list. I saw it February 13th. It is 3.7 minutes long. It is from 2019. It is animated. My summary, after her teacher dies, a martial artist creates a world with her kung fu. I also gave this a 72. It has no score on Rotten Tomatoes, and it is called uh, a couple of different things, in fact, Letterboxd lists it as Flower in the Mirror, but acknowledges that its original title is Jinghua. Uh, I don't know if that's just a translation. Uh, on IMDb, it is simply Jinghua. This is one of the... It is a Disney short film that you can find on Disney Plus right now. It is part of a list of films, or a group of films, rather. They're a, kind of a collection uh, that are... There's a name for them. I think Short Circuit. There's there's like 10 of these things. Maybe 15 of them on, on Disney+. And this was my favorite uh, of those. It's very simple. Uh, you know, the short starts out with a martial artist um, paying tribute to her departed teacher, like putting you know, a bouquet of flowers on her grave. And uh, then follows by sort of performing a, a kung fu routine uh, that... I presume, honors uh, her late teacher. And as she does this, she uses 
uh, her for kung fu to create uh, this and and change the world around her uh, to with with great visuals uh, wonderful animation and um, really really interesting watch uh, so flower in the mirror or jinghua on disney plus the spark shorts or or something collection one of those things um, short circuit the short circuit on disney plus Num so that's my number eight. Number eight. Number seven. I saw this February sixth. It is 109 minutes long. It is from 2020 and is the only 2020 film on this list. My summary: Harley strikes out on her own and learns what life is like without protection from Joker. I gave it a 73. Has an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. And this is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, or as it has changed its name. Uh, Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. I think that is just for the marquee on theaters. I don't think that it actually changed its name to that. Um, and I'm going to be in Letterboxd to confirm what my thinks, thoughts are. It is directed by Kathy Yan. It stars Margot Robbie, Ewan McGregor, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Journey Smollett Ball, Rosie Perez, Chris Messina, among others, Ella J. Basco, Ali Wong, among others. Um, and I've already done a review episode on Birds of Prey, so I'm not going to really get too deep into it. I still really like the movie. Um... Uh, it's a shame it's not making a little bit more at the box office, but, uh, you know, I think uh, a lot of people that see it like it, and I think, and then that's, you know, good enough for me. Uh, if you haven't seen it, this may be your last chance. Uh, it might not be in theaters very much longer, two weeks at most. So, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn was my number seven. Number six. It's a foreign language film that I saw February 1st. It is 114 minutes long. It is from 1985. My summary, a truck driver helps a ramen chef improve her business. I gave this a 75. It has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And this is called Tam Popo. It is directed by Yuzo Itami. Uh, it's the only film of his I have seen. It stars Tsutomo Yamazaki, Nobuko Miyamoto, and Ken Watanabe who you may recognize from such films as Inception, Batman Begins, Godzilla, Detective Pikachu, uh, Godzilla, King of Monsters, The Last Samurai, um, Memoirs of a Geisha, Letters of Iwo Jima, and, and many others. Uh, Tampopo is hilarious. I think it's... It, I thought it was incredibly funny. It is on the top 250 list for Letterboxd all time it is currently ranked 195th i don't i am not that high on it uh it has a couple of narrative choices that it makes that i don't think uh, help the movie at all um but it basically treats being a ramen chef like sylvester stallone treated rocky there is a training montage uh it is filled with very humorous and uh silly just um I don't know, it just, it, it, the comedy, comedy is not something that normally translates from one language to another, it's also not usually uh, something that translates, you know, from the past to the present, and yet Tampopo does both, uh, it's 35 years old, and I laughed a lot, uh, the movie structurally goes into a handful of tangents throughout the film, and each one of those was less interesting than the last, and I think without those, uh, you know, I guess I don't know how much embellishing the main story would need, but 
Uh, I think without those, it would have been a much stronger film. Uh, that said, it is a very, very funny movie and uh, worth checking out. It is on the Criterion Collection right now. Criterion Channel, sorry, right now. So my number six, Tam Popo. Number five, top five. I saw this February 25th. It is 102 minutes long. It's from 1946. And this is um, my summary. A former boxer turns to crime when he hurts his hand. Gave it a 75. It has 100% in Rotten Tomatoes. And this is called The Killers, directed by Robert Soudmik. Probably not pronouncing that right. Starring Burt Lancaster, Ava Gardner, Edmund O'Brien, Albert Decker, Sam Levine, L-E-V-E-N-E, among others. Uh, Killers is a film I think is good more than is a film I like. Um, Burt Lancaster is strong. Uh, uh, Ava Gardner is amazing. And uh, it has a, it has a structural conceit in that you see the quote unquote end of the movie at the beginning, and then we flash back a handful of times to see what led to that event and why it happened. Uh, the cast is really strong. I think the writing is really good, and that's what makes this film so good. Uh, you know, Anthony Viler wrote the script, and it fills it with some surprises and uh, some twists that aren't obvious. And so The Killers, um, I admire it. I think it does a lot of interesting things. I didn't love it. I, I wasn't, like, into it super a lot. But I, I think it is a, a more than a very competently made film that, that is sure to uh, impress a lot of the people that see it. You know, it has a very high score on, on, on Letterboxd and, and just scrolling through the reviews. Um. It's at least like a three-star film, I think, for most people. Uh, and I give it a three and a half. So, The Killers from Robert Siodmik, uh, whose other films are that I've seen are Christmas Holiday and The Dark Mirror, which are not super... Um, not super uh, recognizable. Anyway, uh, so that's number five. Uh, hold on. There's a. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I got it right. Okay, number four. Another foreign language film. This one actually won the Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film the year it was nominated. I saw it February 8th, 2020. It is 93 minutes long. It is from 1966. My summary During World War II, a train watcher is obsessed with having his first sexual experience. A lot going on in that summary. I gave this a 75, it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, and this is called Closely Watched Trains. Uh, directed by Yuri Menzel, starring Josip Sommer, Vaclav Nikar, Vlastimil Brodsky, Vladimir Valenta, Aloe Vacek, among others. Um, this is a really fascinating World War II movie. It doesn't have much to do with the war itself. Uh, it follows a couple of people who work in and around the train, a train station, one of those is Milos, who really just wants to, you know, lose his virginity and, and have sex and do that kind of thing. And, just, uh, you know, so this leads him to uh, a couple of various uh, relations and, and uh, engagements with some people in the vicinity. And generally, he has poor luck. Hence, uh, you know, if he was lucky the first time, the movie would be over very quickly. But... 
that part is funny. That is a, a humorous element to the film. It's also in black and white. Uh, it it you know it, it seems it's very distant from the war itself. And every, the first you know eighty five or so minutes are that they are very humorous and funny and and you see people making fun of him for wanting to do these things and not being able to and whatever and then the ending comes and it's just you know it's kind of like the whole movie up until this point has been uh i don't know floating up into the air on a balloon and then at the very ending uh that balloon is popped and you come crashing down uh to the realities of the situation and uh i that elevates the movie quite a bit i thought it was a solid movie up until that point but i think the ending has such a gut punch that it put it a little over the top for me and up into the three and a half star range so my number four closely watched trains my number three another foreign language film a lot of those uh this one is february 13th 124 minutes long it was from 2009 my summary, a mother searches for a way to exonerate her son when he is accused of murder. I gave this a 76. It has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, and this movie is called Mother. Uh, not Mother! Exclamation point, Just Mother. It is directed by Bong Joon-ho. It stars Kim Hye-ja. Uh, no, Kim Hye-ya. Won Bin. Jin-bu. Jin-gu. Yoon Ji-moon. Jeon Mi-seon. Chun Woo-hee. Yao Moo-jong among others. I may have pronounced a bunch of those incorrectly. Uh, but Bong Joon-ho, winner of the best, of winning best picture for Parasite uh, just this year, uh, has made a lot of movies. The Host, Okja, Snowpiercer, and Memories of Murder are the other ones I had seen up until this point. I wanted to go back and check out another one or two of his movies, and I got to see Mother, um, which is really good. Uh, it's, it's a pretty fascinating film i would put it in the same realm as the host and memories of murder personally uh, i love the lead performance from haya kim uh, the story and the writing are suspenseful and full of tension and you know what bong is able to create with his characters and with his narratives um it, it, you know it's just it's pretty masterful he, he's really great at it even 11 years ago he was fantastic uh, and this came after uh, the host i believe uh, so you know he had yeah three years after the host and six years after memories of murder um so he he definitely knows what he's doing when you know when it comes to uh you know giving us uh, a story that we can you know sink our teeth into uh, this is one of the films of his that I think has a little more emotional involvement than most. Uh, as amazing and fantastic as Parasite is, one of my my really only critique of that movie is uh, the lack of emotional investment. Uh, and, and there is some, there's definitely some in it. I, I wish there was just a little more, I think, mother of the films that I've seen of his that I can remember well enough, um, which probably is all of them, I think. I think host is the one i'd seen the longest ago uh, mother's emotional in, in involvement with uh particularly Hayakim's kim's character is more fleshed out i think than any of his other films and i, I love that 
uh, you know, you look at something like Snowpiercer, which has very little emotional involvement. Uh, Okja's is minor. Uh, the Hosts, from what I recall, is also fairly minor. Uh, Parasites is strong, but not as strong as he does as he makes as he gives it in Mother. And uh, I really thought he does a good job of that, and it really brought me deeper into this character and into this movie. So my number three, Mother. My number two, Runner Up. Second best fil- new film I saw in February of 2020. I saw it on February 10th. It's from It is 168 minutes long. And it is from 1916. My summary. Four stories about the intolerance that exists through history. I gave it a 77. It has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. And this is D.W. Griffith's intolerance colon love struggle throughout the ages uh dw griffith a very recognizable and well-known filmmaker from the 1910s one of the earlier early pioneers of feature filmmaking uh epic filmmaking at uh back in the day uh his possibly more recognizable title that he made was uh birth of a nation which has many issues, many problems uh, to it. Came out the year before Intolerance did. And in a lot of ways, Intolerance... I haven't seen uh, The Birth of the Nation yet, but reading up on Intolerance and and after I'd seen it and trying to understand it better and the time and when it came out, uh, this is far more... A lot of people consider it a a response to The Birth Birth of a Nation. The racism... Uh, both overt and in, and and uh, otherwise in the birth of the birth of a nation, uh, you know, even at even at that time, even back in like the mid 1910s, uh, got some had some backlash, and so Griffith made Intolerance, which, to its credit, uh, is able to fight against those things. So it follows four different stories from different periods of time, and shows how. Uh, Intolerance persists, and it is a pretty scathing um, indictment of that viewpoint. Uh, The fact that the movie came out, this movie came out over a hundred years ago, and some of the production design and costume design and effects on display are just incredible. I think, you know, it looks incredible for a 1930s film, let alone a 1916 film. You know, this is at the same point in time, you know, Charles Chaplin is putting out 15 to 20 minute comedies, uh, which are great in their own right. And yet, you, he, you know, Griffith is absolutely pushing the boundaries of what film could do long before many of the films that, you know, long before any, you know, normal films were like being made at that point. Um, it's not without its faults. I think there's a lot holding it back from a higher score from me. I don't think it needed four separate stories across, you know, seven millennia or however long, you know, wide the the range of years is. I think the editing of the film is poor. It's not, here's a part, here's a part, here's a part, here's a part. They're all interwoven uh, at the same time. And unlike other films that have done this to great success, uh, it the, edit, the editing is, is not fluid. It doesn't really showcase... Um, parallels at the same time from what I could tell it was mostly just 
all right, the action is happening on this one, and now there's action happening in this one, and now there's action happening in this one, and so on and so forth. Uh, there's also a sort of a, a wrapper of Lillian Gish's character rocking a cradle in between a lot of the segments, uh, which I, I, I've read about what this symbolizes, and I think it's fine, but unnecessary. And uh, one of the things that, you know, Griffith as a director is one of, the, you know, he's, his eyes are always bigger than his stomach. I think, you know, any film of his I've seen, and I presume every film of his I will see, will reflect that to one degree or another. Uh, he is always looking to make something bigger and better. Uh, he has that sort of James Cameron tendency to him. And that's a great thing for a filmmaker, uh, especially uh, at the dawn of filmmaking. I think, you know, he led the way for a lot of things to come, which is amazing. But the downside is that when you keep trying to push the envelope, you end up with films that aren't exactly always great. Uh, you know, you know, other people may disagree, but Avatar and Titanic and, and um, James Cameron's like kind of giant, big pushing the envelope films, I don't consider to be great. Uh, it's when he, you know, stopped, refocused things, and, and I think, you know, when he did uh, Aliens or um, Terminator, like, I thought those films much more streamlined, uh, you know, he wasn't trying to go as big as possible, and I think they work a lot better, so uh, we'll see. I, I don't know if Griffith has films like that in his filmography or not, but he has a big filmography, and I haven't seen very many of those movies, so my number two from February 2020 is Intolerance and uh, the subtitle that is long. But number one, so if you haven't, if you've been paying attention, uh, every film so far, all nine of them have been rated between 72 and 77 out of 100. Uh, that is, uh, that is the end of the films rated in the 70s for February. That is also, there's no films rated in the 80s, so we skip all the way up to the 90s with number one. Saw it February 11th from 2020. Uh, it is 144 minutes long and it's from 1972. My summary. After his father dies, a businessman goes to Italy to arrange his body's return home. His father's body's return home. I gave this a 91. It has an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes and it is called Avanti, directed by Billy Wilder, starring Jack Lemmon, Juliet Mills, Clive Reville, Edward Andrews, Gianfranco Barra, Franco Angrisano, Pipo Franco, Franco Acampura, a lot of Francos, um, among others. Avanti, uh, Jack Lemmon is a businessman who travels to Italy to grab his father's body after he passes away, and uh, when he gets there, a lot of things are revealed. Uh, his uh, his father died uh, alongside his mistress. His wife, you know, is back in the States, uh, which leads Lemon down a winding path of, of revelations about his dad and what who he was and what he was doing in Italy and, and all that stuff. And uh, along the way, he meets up with the daughter of his father's mistress, who is there to collect her mother's body. And the other part of it, and the part that I think is is maybe my favorite part of this movie, is Carlo Carlucci, played by Clive Reville, who is just incredible. He is amazing. 
Uh, Clive Reville, who plays the voice of the Emperor from Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, um, is just every every scene he's in, he steals. He is hilarious. His jokes are perfect. Um, I, I just I fell in love with his character. I fell in love with this movie. It is so sweet, so genuine. Uh, Lemon and Mills have wonderful chemistry together, and you know Billy Wilder's writing is superb. Uh, we look looking at last months, like January's top ten featured another uh, Billy Wilder film and Irma LaDouche, LaDouche, and uh, this one is Avanti, uh, which I thought was outstanding. I, you know, it's on Amazon Prime for free if you have that, uh, and probably, you know, for like three or three bucks if you can rent it. Um, yeah, it's, it's truly, truly, you know, just such a sweet, wonderful movie that I adored. And, uh, you know, I don't know that everyone's going to feel quite as strongly about it as I do, but I think it's a film that a lot of people are going to like. It is a little long. Uh, I think it doesn't need to be, but it doesn't waste its time. It it languishes in its characters and in its um, in its relationships and in its situations in a in a really white ni- uh, in a really nice and wonderful way. So my number one is Avanti. I'll run down those top ten one more time: uh, Home Before Dark, Corpus Christi, Jinghua, Birds of Prey, and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, Tampopo, The Killers, Closely Watched Trains, Mother Intolerance, and Avanti! Exclamation point. That is my top ten. Uh, new films from February. We have sped through all of this, stu- uh, all of these things, uh, in just about half an hour. So, thank you for listening. It does mean a lot. If you'd like to find me, you find me on Twitter, Circle Film. Find me on Letterboxd, Circle Film. You find, send me an email, circlefilm at gmail.com. You can find the show, iTunes, Stitcher, places where podcasts can be found, uh, or the website, circlefilm.com. You can support the show, like it, rate, review, subscribe to it, tell somebody about it. Why? Listen to it. That's the most important thing. Listen to it. Uh, could not end this without thanking Brian, such a great and wonderful and supportive uh, patron. If you'd like to become a patron, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash circlefilmwar for as little as 8 cents an episode or $1 a month. You can have early access to any of the episodes that are released early. Uh, that's it. Thank you for listening, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same tonight. I know she'll never Even as she fades from view So long, farewell, I'll be to saying adieu Nothing's really left or lost without a trace Nothing's gone forever, only out of place So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say Wait a minute, wait a minute